Hello, I'm Dr. Alan Trites, and I want to talk to you about, about toxins and why we would ever use something considered an infrared sauna versus, hey, let's just detox or, hey, let's take this product or let's do this. And the reason we do that is that a infrared sauna has a major difference on the detoxification pathways of the body. I'm going to get into the, the details of that. And if we use something, let's say a product that's a detoxifier, it can actually make things worse. And uh, what we've learned over the last 20 years and then uh, my colleagues in whether it's <laughs> functional medicine or alternative medicine or, or just in general, if you uh, try to go through chelation processes or IV therapy for uh, breaking these things down and your patients are autoimmune, uh, those things can actually bind and then make the immune system go into an attack mode, which is what we call flare. So uh, there's a reason we don't like to do those particular things and why we like to use infrared sauna. So why in the world would we ever buy one of these things and put it in our office is because uh, it's impossible and I mean impossible to live in, in, on Earth right now and not have a toxic load. And the reason there is is there are 80,000 chemicals that are considered okay safe uh, that, are, that we're exposed to, uh, many of them on a daily basis. There are, last year alone in the United States, 1 billion pounds of pesticides that were put on the ground. And at some point, these are going to make it into the water source. And these, uh, the EPA will admit they do not filter out to make sure that they go there. They want to make sure that if you drink the water, you're not going to get an infection. So they get into the, to the body. Um, you, you get them through your water system. You get them through the products that you, you bring home. You get them from things that you have. And, and many of these are not safe. Uh, many of these are actually in the kids. They're finding even in the umbilical cords that uh, hundreds and thousands of these toxins are actually in the, uh, the bloodstream getting to your infant when those happen. So it, it's just a matter of, of being alive is that you're going to get them. So last year alone, there's, uh, or even in the past five to 10 years, there's been an increase in it doesn't matter what disease you're looking at, whether it's Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, cancer, asthma, um, autoimmunity, they're all on a rise. And if you look at it on a linear scale, it, they're over the, a, a period of time, about 10 years, they're going up uh, faster than they should. There's no, there's no softening the curve, in other words. So um, there was a particular TED Talk, uh, and, and I look at a lot of literature. I'm going to bring a few things in. Her name is uh, Dr. Allie Cohen, and she made something that I was like, okay, that makes sense to me to explain this to you. She just said, write down everything that you get in, in, in contact with. So, um, you know, sit down and you eat. Okay, what are you eating on? Is it plastic? Is it is it what? Hey, that surface, was it cleaned? What did it, what did it cleaned with? Uh, you ran it through the dishwasher, hand washer. Well, there's really, you know, there's still toxic stuff there. It's soap, but uh, there are other ways to get there. And then, you know, do you have carpet? Uh, do you have varnish on anything? Do you have anything that's a fire retardant that goes there? Hey, you go out to your car. Is anything sprayed on that car? Is there any wax or anything? And then you had to go through the garage. And in the garage, was there anything in there like paint thinners, any of those things? And no, they're not, we're not playing with them all, the, all day long. But then you go sit down in your house and you're touching plastics and, and whatnot. And then how did the food come in? Was it exposed to herbicides, pesticides, fungicides, uh, any of those things? And so, it, it, it becomes a burden because you're going to get them in your body, whether you, you touch them, eat them, breathe them, uh, or slather them on your slather them on your skin. It's it's there. So um, again, eighty thousand different chemicals. Um, that's on the low side. It could be more because that's what is reported. So when this matches with this, it creates a completely different chemical. Well, there's thirty thousand these chemicals that are deemed safe in food. Uh, the problem is. They haven't been tested for safety to toxicity on humans. So let me explain what that means. There's, there's toxicity and there's toxic load. So uh, if you get this, um, something can be toxic, meaning that it's not good for you. But it doesn't kill you, so it's not lethal. So how many exposures to that particular toxin does it have before it creates uh, a health concern? 
those don't get tested uh, for long-term efficacy. So I can give you, let's say, a dose of aspartame, which is really poisonous, all right? Or a, a dose of MSG, which lights up the brain and can cause leaky gut and thyroid disruption. Uh, that's okay, but it didn't kill you. But how many of those do I have to have every single day and maybe you're doing it every single meal before that becomes extremely toxic and then it changes whether your biochemistry, what's called the intestinal flora and all you can't digest things or it uh, actually starts to make you put on weight because you're toxic. So your body puts this uh, circulating toxins into fat. And so that that's where the, the, the big <laughs> the big picture is. So they can test in our blood. They found, you know, toxins are, are, are actually in the blood cells themselves, the red blood cells. They're actually in uh, breast tissue and they're definitely in the fetus. So uh, uh, those have to come out somewhere. So the, the higher the toxic load, the higher the amount of chronic disease there are. And so diabetes, um, obesity, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, autoimmunity, infertility are generally a toxic issue. So let me just give you a a highlight of just going into your home. So maybe you're eating something or maybe you go out to eat. There's this thing called partially hydrogenated oil. And that can be in fried foods and packaged crackers, cookies, cakes, non-dairy creamers, um, cake mixes, margarine. So it's uh, technically a trans fat that you don't want to be around, but it, it stays around you for a while. And it's been estimated that if you eat, like go out to a fast food restaurant and have fries, that acrylamide that's in there stays with you for like a year or longer. It can be up to five years. And so that's one thing. So then we have palm oil, um, which is in a lot of packaged cookies, cakes, uh, peanut butter and whatnot. And uh, so that stays in you for a long time, another hydrogenated fat. And then there's preservatives. If you flip the, the back, uh, you might see sodium benzoate and potassium benzoate. Uh, these are in sodas and fruit juices and salad dressings. Uh, it's a carcinogen linked to the thyroid uh, damage. And then you have what's called BHA and sputylated hydroxy anisole and butated hydroxy tullerene, tullerene, BHT, BHA and BHT is all you have to look for. Okay, these are in like cereals and gums and fast food, but you also see them in shortening snack foods. So again, reading those labels are important and that's why you have a, a, a webinar about reading labels. But as I go through these, as you flip them over, these are, these are things that are toxic. So like sodium nitrate and nitrates, they can lead to colon cancer, metabolic syndromes, and diabetes or potassium brominate. I mean, these are preservatives that you see so often in, in, in including good foods that are considered are clean or organic and gluten-free and dairy-free. But, uh, you know, the question is, are you eating healthy when you're eating healthy? And so you can have dyes, uh, blue dye one and two, green dyes, or yellow dye. The dyes are just artificial colors and flavoring, but they, they're linked to so many different things. MSG falls into that, that category too. And then you have your sweeteners, your aspartame, your saccharin, sucralose, high fructose corn syrup. And so as you take the time and you go actually look at your, let's say your pantry and you're going through things and you see these on here, uh, these are all things that are toxic, but yet they're deemed safe. So you might be eating them on a fairly regular basis. Uh, here's the thing. It doesn't matter where the toxin comes from. Maybe you're, where they're playing with uh, glyphosate, so it's your Roundup. Uh, your paint thinners are doing stuff because we all have to do things. Or, you know, hey, I got an office and we have carpet. Guess what? There's, there's toxins in the carpet. We know that. Or there's paint on the wall. We know that. Um, but we try to do our best to, to, to get away from it. So when we get into a toxic issue, there's an environmental toxicity that goes with it. And it depletes something in your body called glutathione. And all you have to know is GSH. But glutathione is your master detoxifier. It takes a free radical, which causes disease. And it, uh, it has a million to one ratio that it goes and gets it. And so these things that cause disease are called free radicals. And you might have heard of those before. But you might have also heard of an antioxidant. An antioxidant, such as, let's say, vitamin C, uh, is a one-to-one. -one. 
So we like glutathione. So toxins decrease um, the ability to make glutathione. They also take up glutathione because it's oxidative stress, which creates free radicals. So you get a glutathione depletion. Now, the importance of glutathione in the body is that you have to have barrier systems. You have to have a sinus barrier, you have to have a brain barrier, you have to have a lung barrier, you have to have a gut barrier. And so if it, if it leaks, you get a leaky um, gut. Uh, permeable membranes is what they really are. You can have leaky lungs. That's a big deal for uh, the big pandemic that's going on. You can have a leaky brain. That's a big deal for uh, dementia and Alzheimer's. And then you get what's called inflammatory nitric oxide synthase activation, which inflames the nervous system and inflames the immune system and inflames tissue destruction and creates more autoimmunity. So toxins are a big deal that comes into it. So the biggest thing that comes in, I mean, other than fatigue and brain fog that people come in, the next thing they're going to like either um, they can't gain weight or the majority is, hey, I can't lose weight. But here's the thing, what happens when you have a, a chemical toxicity that goes on and when it turns into obesity and, um, obesity and diabetes. So when you have a toxic chemical, it can bind to the receptor and actually alter the cell signal. It can disrupt how the brain says, hey, let's eat, has break, round, let's make energy. It can disrupt that. That's not good. So when you're working out, you can be working out all you want and not losing weight. It can disrupt insulin. So the insulin could not be putting sugar in the cell and making you energy, energy but instead it's too high of insulin and you can have ups and downs or it's uh, inappropriate insulin. So now the blood sugar is spiking up and it's creating cardiovascular issues. Uh, you can have a depletion of antioxidants because this we talked just talked about the glutathione. It can alterate the gut or the, what's called the microbiome. So now you have imbalances of bacteria and yeast. It can break down tight barrier junctions, which can create leaking that goes in any of these particular barrier issues. It can cause too much toxic level to the liver and the kidney, which are things that help detoxify. And then, of course, you don't break things down. So uh, let's say in the case, we'll talk about... Uh, a, a child who has acne and a child that doesn't have acne, generally speaking, the hepatic burden is too much and they have to put it out and detoxify, hence a pimple, versus somebody else to get it. Most everybody has pimples, but detoxification is, is better in those that don't have as much acne. They still have the same hormones. Hormones are still growing, uh, but there's something that's becoming toxic or the genetic so they receive that doesn't allow them to be efficient with glutathione that happens and what the body will do is it'll store those into fat tissue so the fat cells which can get bigger they don't like divide they can get bigger and get there so i'm going to take you back in time a little bit in 1985 um there was if we look at the the united states as a whole uh, there wasn't one state that had over 15 percent even 14 percent uh, obesity period this is 1985. And then some things changed. Different foods got into the, the food system. We had to go into this fat-free system where sugar came in. And uh, five years later, in 1990, there was only three states that didn't have 14% or more. And this is all from the CDC. You can go look them up because they have like an obesity chart that you can go through and go take a look at. So if I just go five more years at a time, um, now about half of the states have 20% obesity and half of the states have still 10 to 14%, but no less than 10%, where there was none at one point. And then it just kind of keeps shifting. So in, two, in the year 2000, about half the states have 20 to 24%, half the states have 15 to 19. And then if we go to, to 2005, half the states have 25 to 29. Some of them are as high as 30, like Louisiana and Alabama. Sorry, I'm calling you out, but that's just the way it is. And then the other states now are 20 to 24, with the exception of Colorado, which um, always kind of kept on the, the outside and going in. But then Colorado lost it. 2010, we have about a third of the states are 30% or higher in obesity. 30% are 
um, 20 to 30 percent, 30%, and the rest of the United States is 20 to 24 percent. So that's 2010, and in 2015 it just shifted again. So the reality is the majority of our states have, so the majority of our population has a, at the minimum 25 percent obesity. And it's not that we don't have access to working out. Maybe we don't, you know, go farm or, or do everything else, but uh, the amount of obesity shouldn't go up that, okay, I take, you know, because there were, there were brothers and one of them still worked the farm. The other one went and let's say sold insurance. And you could watch the studies, but they didn't really gain that much. They didn't gain 25% more weight that goes there. The difference is the chemical burden that we have in our, in our food system. And so we just can't avoid it. And so uh, what happens is you get changes in your what's called biochemistry and you get those raises in insulin. And so when you have a raises of insulin, it's called hyperinsulinemia because it's insulin inside of the bloodstream. And then you can't detoxify. And when you can't detoxify, you can't keep your what's called microbiome, your bacteria and your fungus normal uh, in, your, in your intestine. And so you get gallbladder dysfunction, uh, lack of the immune system to be able to know what to do, whether it's make antibodies or kill things. You get um, impaired breakdown. So especially if you're having hormones or there's hot flashes, you get more of those because you can't break these things down. You also get unhealthy antioxidant um, production. So then if you have any genes in your history that, that don't look good, then all of a sudden the genes get uh, activated that go on because you have to be able to have antioxidant to keep them in check. And that also helps with this other part called methylation. And then you have to have your the, the right amount of your fat breakdown because you want to run on fat. It's very efficient energy. It's nine uh, joules of energy as opposed to four in carbohydrates and protein. So you get twice as much. That's why we want to be fat burners. But So the fat-free idea for longevity is, is, is silly. There's, there's not science to it unless somebody has like this ApoE4 gene, which, you know, they're hosed. They're probably going to have a heart attack at the age of 40 anyway, but they have to be like really fat-free. But it's, it's a very small number in the population, like less than 3%. So um, again, then all of a sudden you can't break down this fat, so it just hangs in there. So you've got all this energy stored. Uh, you get tired. Uh, it's very hard to respond to, to ketogenic. It's very hard to exercise. Um, and then all of a sudden you have adrenal insufficiencies and, and everything else that goes with it. So um, those are those are things that, that go with it. So we go, okay, well, well, what would we do? Well, you know, we, we can take these chelated products uh, that detoxify uh, that we've already talked. That's not a good idea. Um, and we can use uh, things that energize the cells sometimes. It's called red light therapy, but I don't like to use that for detoxification because it energizes cells and gets things going. So if I'm going to put a red light on the, the brain or a particular part of the body to get it motivated and to get it moving, then that's that's the best thing to do. But infrared therapy isn't necessarily for that. So when we use infrared saunas, uh, we want to make sure that it has three different types of waveforms, near, mid, and far far, far range. So it is different than putting a, a red light on, on somebody. Just wanted to make that. So it, it is red light, but it's not red light therapy. There's a little bit of a difference. And so um, what we know is that these pathways, and when we use infrared uh, saunas, it has uh, the ability to heat from below. And relinquish out so we could go like sit in a sweat sauna right we could sweat and sweat and sweat that heat is coming from the outside in and we're sweating it out um but what if you can exercise and you can't do that it it, it starts to <laughs> those people maybe they go in there and they can't breathe uh and so the, we want the master uh detoxifier called glutathione to be raised if you use it as a, a sweat sauna for instance it doesn't work like that but if you heat from the inside out it increases glutathione production so 
that's why we use infrared sauna. So there's really two families even in the, the infrared sauna. There's convection um, and uh, that can be, uh, and sometimes even convection can be sweat lodges, okay? They're, they're steamy, they're hard to breathe, and, and they have the potential to breed mold. So I don't want that. And so infrared, we want to have inside out. So both work on core temperature, and by the way, saunas have been around for a long time. So civilizations, we talk about sweat labs or sweat lobs, lodges. Um, there is a, a stack houses that they had, like in, in Finland. The Romans had uh, different places. There's also, um, you know, they, they go to sulfur springs or something, hot springs, and they sit in there for it. There, there's a reason that these have been there for a while and that people have used them. So the biggest study that's ever been done, they they took. Um, they found that Finland has like two million saunas there, and that they did uh, they studied twenty three hundred people over a twenty year period, and so they would go to the sauna, and it depended on, but the average was like two to three times a week, and they found that they were twenty four percent less likely to die of any disease. It didn't matter what it was, any disease. And then there were people who went four more times a week, and then their disease state went down forty percent. So if for whatever reason, in our office, we came up with a pill that says this will reduce uh, the cause of your death of any disease by 40%. Would that be kind of important to you? And uh, yeah. So <laughs> when we started looking at these studies, we're like, we got to have an infrared sauna. And by the way, we got to be able to have something we can sit in there so that we can we can use it ourselves because the better we are uh, and the better our health is, the better more people we can help. So uh, that is a big deal. So what does infrared sauna do? Well, um, I'm just going to give you like 20 different things that it does. Well, we know it improves sleep. And, and by the way, everything that I have on here is, is in uh, research and, and they're on PubMed and they're on the National Institutes of Health. So it's like somebody did actually this big study and they published it and they went to a whole bunch of people and they said, can we be in your article? Can we have this published? And they read it and they go, well, that's good science or that's bad science. And they allow it in. So each one of these things came from these studies. Here's our data. Uh, is it true? can you all this panel agree to that, that that we didn't do a bad job and then they go ahead and published it so that's how it works so improving sleep was was one of them it lowers inflammation because it lowers oxidative stress it lowers aging the process and this is from the finished study which also decreased cardiovascular disease and it did that by increasing red blood cell counts um, it sped up weight loss and that if, if somebody really needs to lose weight uh, they can come in and do a sauna like 45 minutes 30 to 45 minutes three times a week and really start to, to push that along. It speeds in recovery. So there's a hormone called uh, insulin growth factor, or IGF-1. And you have a finite amount that you're going to have throughout your life. But the higher the amount, the, the more um, or the more it, within this range it is, the, the better things are. So they found that there's a 142% increase in this short amount of time, especially with these Finnish people. So uh, they know that they're getting into longevity there. Again, it detoxifies from, detoxifies from the inside out, which then helps improve skin health. It fights fatigue because it decreases inflammation. It improves the immune system because, again, inflammation, swelling, all those things are going down. So then it helps circulation, which then can help blood pressure. And then uh, when you have all those things with the inflammation down, pain goes down. Uh, they also found in the fin this Finnish study they had a 65% reduction in Alzheimer's. Oh, that's a big one. And uh, in a double-blind study, several of them, that six weeks of doing this, they had a decrease in depression. Same thing with anxiety. And with autoimmune cases, especially Sjogren's, and this is um, a pretty good one, they, they, they found that it had immune modulation. What that means is that the body starts going, okay, that's, that's me. I don't have to attack it anymore. That's what modulation is. So if it goes the wrong way, it says, I don't know what that is. I don't think it's me, so I'll attack it. It has an increase uh, of, of or a decrease in symptoms of fibromyalgia, and uh, so many firefighters right now are using this because then they go into a, 
a, a burning house or building or whatever they don't know what's burning <laughs> there's a lot of chemicals that go to it so they've started to put these into fire stations because you know they got to get that off and in today's world we are breathing into these mats and these mats are coated with teflon that teflon gets in there which is toxic so you know uh, the sauna is now becoming more and more uh, potential because what do we do we spray everything down we cream everything down we get your lotion get your hand sanitizer again and again and again so we're getting more and more toxins into the body so if you come in for a toxin here's the, the deal um, the best thing would, would do if you can would be to work out or have a shower before so that you're nice and hot when you come in uh, if you're on some of the products in our office that increase blood supply do those too because you're heating up from the bottom end and then you can actually dry brush and do things in the sauna while you're doing it because it, it helps sometimes we might have to use uh, niacin but uh, there there's uh, other parts and then sometimes we use an activated uh, charcoal with coconut in it because it just helps get the, the toxins out so that's why we do that and and sometimes it, it's important to even know a little bit more information such as uh you know you got these toxins in here is it creating an immune response is it attacking it something and we run a, a, a cyrex panel um that's called a, a ray 14 that kind of screens for it and then we go to see is there any other things that are going on in the body that uh, are are creating that because we want to get rid of them and reduce your load as much as possible because it has a profound effect on your immune system has a profound effect on your brain has a profound effect on your longevity i'm dr trites be well